One of my dirty secrets is that despite working at Netlify and greatly benefiting in my career from joining Netlify, I never really understood the economic value behind what Netlify was doing. So I was really excited to find this 2019 podcast that Amjad Masad did. Amjad runs Replit, which is another <laughs> startup that is doing extremely well that I don't understand. So the thing that really made it click for me was his mention of level one, two, and three platforms for Mark and Jason. Uh, and there's a, also a bunch of other thoughts on developer tools here. So I thought this was a really interesting conversation and I clipped it. The other speaker, uh, Christina, is the CEO of Vanta, which is also a fantastic startup. So just a lot of DevTools knowledge in here. I think there's a general strain of frontier tech for developer tools. Doesn't look as far out there in sci-fi as frontier tech, tech writ large. But kind of to Amjad's point, this is the like, what are people doing on the weekends? What are the youngest kind of software engineers playing with? What does in fact look like a toy that has no applicable business use case, but in the, you know, 0.5% chance it takes off does in fact change everyone else's workflows from here on out. And so there's kind of a like frontier piece yeah. of dev tools. Any thoughts on what that is today? Like what are, what are people doing on the weekends? It might not be obvious to everyone, but we've seen a lot of activity in the, how do you apply machine learning to programming? And uh, that's something that we're playing with at Replit. Part of our mission is to like reduce that time to, to get started, right? Like what's, what's the time to code, right? Some of that is if you're stuck on, you know, at Code Academy, we saw a lot of people drop off because they put a semicolon in the, in the wrong place, right? And so imagine if there is sort of a, something to give you more intelligent errors. This is what Kite is trying to do, right? Kite is, is trying to do that. There's a project by an intern at, at, at OpenAI called Tab9, which is fascinating to me, much more fascinating than Kite. And there's a new YC company called, uh, I think this batch called Windsor. Yeah, there, there's a, quite a bit of activity in this uh, in this like AI assisted uh, coding space, and, and I think that's definitely one of the uh, one of the frontiers. Yeah, is there anything you would add to either that great thesis or broadly what what's going to exist that doesn't exist today? Like, what's a big company that will emerge in the next few years that is not even on people's radar today? Or people still dismiss our company Replit as as sort of toyish and and not very. Uh, you know, why aren't you selling to enterprise yet? You know, that's a, that's a question that, that I get every, every day when we we're fundraising. Everyone was like, you know, yes, you have all these hobbyists and kids using your platform, but you know, where's, where's the enterprise developers? Where's that? And I think the way we're building our platform is, is very interesting in that it could be really big or it could be nothing in a sense it could just remain a toy or it could become the way people build applications in the future. Uh, Mark Andreessen wrote this famous post, or used to be famous, I guess, levels of platforms. So you have like level one platform, level two platform, level three. Level one is an API, right? Say uh, Twilio. Uh, maybe Twilio added several of recently. So, but but let's say Twilio like two years ago, right? It, 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 you, you just hit an API, right? Level two is you have an SDK and you also maybe embed the the app in your, in your platform, say Facebook games, right? So that was like a level two platform. Level three platform is SDK API and running, running the user's code inside your platform. So basically you, 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 what we said were like 
the user just has to write the code and they don't have to worry about running the code. They don't have to worry about maintaining the resources. They don't have to worry about anything that goes on there. So we already do this part. Now you can imagine like what happens if we made it so that they can depend on each other's work. They can hit each other's APIs. What if we made it so that there's a social network aspect to it and we're working on all these different parts right now. Actually, our users are implementing a lot of these features. So the other day I saw a project called Load from REPL. So you're, you're in REPL and you're writing code. You can load someone else's code into your, into your application and you can use any project in the ecosystem as a dependency. So I think what we're building has this like very, a potential of, of, you know, being something like totally new and weird and haven't been explored before. So that's, that's what we're aiming for. Uh, in terms of like, if, if I were to like kind of place more traditional bets, uh, I definitely very bullish on, uh, serverless and, and Netlify is, is, is really awesome what they're doing. Zite is pretty cool. And then, um, you have companies like Dev2 is a social network for, yeah. for, for programmers. And this I just didn't see how that gets to be a venture company, but I'm curious. What's the bullish case on that? What's the defining feature of GitHub? Is it, is it text storage? It's, it's a social network. So Dev2 is a social network without that, without the text storage part. Right. Right. And not, not to denigrate GitHub, but ultimately, yeah. you know, you're storing text with revisions, right? That, that's so Git. How do you capture value from that? Or do you just sell <laughs> to someone bigger? That, that, that's a good point. But the, the question is like how much optionality they have and which direction to go at some point. Right. Yeah. So I think they, they do have a lot of optionality. 